Welcome to the Next Level Finance Podcast. This is your host, Tony Kane, and today we are packed again. I'm really pumped up today, got a lot coming in. So the main topic I want to talk through today is good versus bad debt. This is something that my clients have battled with forever, right? Everyone's battled with forever. Today I'm going to dispel the myths of good, the good, the bad, and the ugly of debt. I'm going to talk you through why it is evil, but why you need it, right? It's one of those weird things where we can't live with it, but we can't live without it. Also, we've got a great question in the money mailbag today. It's uh, in relation to what do you do, right, if you've sort of half paid off your home but you're not sure what to do next. A lot of people are in that situation. So I'll talk through that question. It's a really good one. Alrighty, so let's jump into today's topic, which is good versus bad debt. Now, I can talk about this forever. You know, this is something that I have spoken about forever, and it's one of those things where Depends what side of the fence you're on. There's a thousand different opinions. There's a million ways you could skin this cat, right? So the nuts and bolts of it are, if you had to really simplify things, right? Good debt is when you borrow money to invest in things that go up in value. Simple as that, right? If you borrow money to invest into a property, a parcel of shares, or into a business that you think will one day be worth more than what it's worth now, Essentially, that is a good reason to go into debt. Now, before we, go, you know, before you jump out there and go go to the bank, right, or uh, you know, go and borrow crazy amounts of money, you can still buy a bad share, a bad property, or a bad business, right? So just because you've borrowed money to buy a business, a share portfolio, to invest in a share portfolio or a property, it doesn't mean that you're home and hose, and you know, you're going to be, you know the money tree's going to grow in the backyard. It doesn't work like that, right? But essentially, if you were to borrow money to buy a good property, a good portfolio of shares, or a good business, technically that would fall into that is a good reason to borrow money, right? Now, conversely, bad debt. Bad debt is, as you could probably gather, when you borrow money to buy things that go down in value. That typically be well the biggest culprit i see here is cars right so people borrow a lot of money and a crazy amount of money to buy cars right now i understand that everyone needs to get around but do you need to have the latest european model car every year it comes out right i don't think so right personally that's not my that's not my jam my wife and i would much prefer to you know go on an amazing holiday than to you know be hanging out at the car dealership waiting for the newest, you know, Audi to arrive off the lot, right? That, but, but saying that, some for some people, that's their jam, right? That's what gets them out of bed. So I completely get that. As long as you know that when you buy, borrow money to buy a car, this car, 99 times out of 100, unless it's a vintage car, right? is going to go down in value. So um, the other things are is credit cards, right? They're, the, they're probably the biggest culprit. I could have put them first. So essentially, unless you're just using credit cards effectively, and, you know, my wife, we, we use a credit card for our household and it's managed well. We pay it off every month. And, you know, most people do that. But if you have a credit card that you're finding, you don't have the ability to clear it every single month, then you should not have a credit card and you, you are accruing bad debts. If you're borrowing money to buy furniture, that's a terrible investment, terrible, terrible investment, right? Um, if you're borrowing money to buy equipment like, you know, TVs and iPads and computers, right? It's just, a, it's a bad investment, right? Because what's we know that that iPad, that computer, that TV is going to be worth 
way less tomorrow than what it is today. And what happens is, guys, out there, you're going to be paying interest on depreciable assets, right? So the other one is holidays. You never, ever, ever borrow money to go into a holiday because I can guarantee as good as the holiday is, the dread of when you get back and you're looking at that credit card statement or that loan statement going, oh, geez, I don't even remember that beach. I can't even remember that cocktail. That cost me $18 and now it's costing me a dollar and dollar fifty a week to pay the interest on that cocktail. That, for me, guys, is my version of anxiety, right? That just, that, and I don't want any of my listeners to get into that situation, right? So if you, for the rest of your life, right, if you stop this podcast right now and never ever read, listened, watched anything else financial, but you just remembered that simple thing before you sign any loan contract or do any application for any debt, if you simply remembered, will this investment go up in value or will this thing that I'm purchasing or going into debt for go down in value? If you simply just remembered that principle, it's very likely that you that things are going to end up pretty good for you in the long run. And if you just, that's if you steered clear of the bad stuff, right? But that's actually as simple as that. And some, I wish they taught this stuff in high school, you know? I, I don't think that, you know, the, I think this is way more important than periodic tables or algebra, right? I think managing money and having a simple idea of what goes up and what goes down, it should be 101 for all of us. So, yeah, like I said, if you never did anything else and you just never, if you just made a decision for the rest of your life, I'm never ever going to go into bad debt ever again and I'm only going to borrow money for good debt, right? Then you'll be, you'll always be okay. So, if we're sort of diving deeper into that, right, and let's sort of start with the bad debts, right? So, I'll give you the, the chain of command of bad debts. So, the first one is, and I'll tackle these one by one, right? So we've got the biggest culprit I see, and, and this is probably one and two are very close, right? We've got credit cards, number one. So let me touch on credit cards, right? Credit cards can be great, but they can be evil. So you, the easiest way to know if you are a good candidate for a credit card is if you've already got one, if you have outstanding debt on it at the moment, right, and you don't clear it every single month, I want you to get the scissors out and chop that thing up because you are bad with a credit card and you probably shouldn't deserve one. Now, you're going to, and I know there's going to be people out there saying, what about the points, Tone? You've got to get the points, right? Yeah, points are great, right? But I guarantee you that if you're not clearing your credit card every month, right, that the surcharges and the interest you're paying on this card are going to far outweigh any potential flight benefits that you're going to get. I can guarantee you that you, all you got to do is Google points versus interest. There's been hundreds of studies that that confirm that if you've got if you're a non-disciplined financial person that your points would never ever outweigh the amount of interest you pay. So just get that idea out of your head, you know, as politely as I could say is you're wrong, right? So um, but then saying that too, right? If you you know if if you have a credit card, you get the points, you pay it off every month, you've got a low annual fee, you ma- you, the surcharge isn't too bad, then absolutely go for it. That's it's fine. But um, if you if you're not that person and you've got credit card debt, what I want you to do is focus on getting out of credit card debt asap, and you're 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 moving from a credit card person to a debit card person, right? There's two. <laughs> it's not. Don't be ashamed of it. You know, I, I, there are some people that are just better with a debit card than a credit card in their wallet, and that that could be you. So let's let's get out of credit card debt and you know either manage it properly or let's move over to be a debit card person. 
So second, car loans, right? So I'm not anti-car loans, right? I have a car lease, right? But it's a business expense, right? So I believe that if you, um, you know, I, and I do believe, you know, I've got young, I've got a young family, so I do um, believe that you should have a, you know, a roadworthy, safe, you know, car, right? And if it, if you if you have the luxury of being able to have a, a newer car, which is more reliable, then that's amazing. But if you don't, so for me it's fine, right? Because I use my car for business purposes, and therefore a lot of the repayments and costs of that car are deductible. And I think that's fine, right? In saying that, I don't go overboard and just, you know, I don't have a uh, a Lamborghini just because it's a business deduction, right? So you, you know, I stay within my means there, right? Because uh, every dollar I spend on my car repayment, although it's through my business, it just means there's uh, there's I'm I'm down a dollar that I can't invest for for my future. So I don't go too crazy there, but. If you have it, you know, if you don't have a car, I want to make sure this is the golden rule. The value of your car should never exceed more than a third of your salary, right? So if you are on $100,000 a year, your car should not be worth more than $33,000, right? If you're on $300,000 a year, your car should not be worth more than $100,000, right? So because what, and I've done the math, right? If if we if you stick to that ratio as a maximum, then you'll always find the repayments on that vehicle will be manageable. Now, if you, you know, I understand everyone needs a car. So if you stick to that, you know, car value can't be worth more than 30% of my salary. And then once you've identified that, let's just make sure that you get the cheapest possible car repayments out there, right? And, you know, you know, feel free to, to, to check out next lend.com.au and speak to one of our guys about getting a quote there but if it's not us just make sure you go really hard in the negotiations with your car finances because you'd be surprised how much wiggle room there is right if you have a crappy situation with a car loan at the moment i want you to seriously think about turfing that expensive car paying out the debt and starting again right um because it makes a world of difference and what i find here guys is kind of those weird things where it's a, it can be a little bit selfish to have an amazing car because some something's got to give, right? So I have a lot of clients of mine who would say, you know, well, they used to say, oh, it's only $1,500 a month, I can afford that, right? And absolutely you can, but at what cost, right? So if you have a car that costs you $1,500 a month, right? Let's say that works out to be $350 or $400 a week, whatever, right? Let's say that you basically on average earn $400 a day, right, in your job, that sort of means that one day of every week, you're going to work for that bloody car, right? Now, what would happen if you didn't have that car? Does that mean that you could effectively not work that day and go and spend more time with your family? Or you could leave work at, you know, two o'clock that day and, you know, be there for your kids' soccer soccer practice. So not trying to uh, put the guilt on anyone out there. I'm just trying to um, get the message across that, Something has to give and there's always, you know, there's a yin and yang with all this stuff. You can't have everything or maybe you can have everything. If you're listening to me and going, well, I've, I earn a fortune, I can I can have a, I can have a Lamborghini and, and, you know, work two days a week. Well, you know, maybe you should give me a call. You, you could maybe host this podcast because I want to know what you're doing. But if you're like 99.9% of the, the rest of the listeners out there, well, you know, there's not an there's not an unlimited amount of money. So you need to understand that when you make these financial decisions and you decide to go into debt like that, and, you know, if we're talking about cars, that fits in the bad debt category, that something's got to give, right? And there's going to be – and most of the time it means that your time is going to have to give. It means you have to work harder to service that debt, right? So they're the big ones. And so if you, I think, guys, just to recap on these 
bad debts, right? So essentially some debts are unavoidable and I'm not, I'm not anti having a car. I'm not anti having a credit card. But what I am anti is paying interest on things that aren't servicing us and going to create our wealth, right? So, you know, as a car, like I said, you know, I understand that it's nice to have a, a reliable car. So let's just try to stick to the car value can't exceed more than 30% of our salary, right? With credit cards, if we're not the type of person who can clear them every month, let's chop them up and let's go into debit card world, right? And then just completely forget about borrowing money for holidays, computers, TVs, or anything like that. And then the only other thing that you could possibly borrow money for is to borrow money for a business. Now, we're not going to cover off that in this this topic because that's a um, that's a conversation for a professional. And please, 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 if you're considering borrowing money to invest in a business, you need to go and pay for people to give you advice. You need to go and speak to a very experienced and qualified accountant and a very experienced qualified solicitor and i don't care how much that costs you that'll be way cheaper than borrowing money to buy a crappy business because buying a business and i've done it before you know i've been really fortunate to buy businesses and scale them up and and sell businesses right but it's not without extreme amount of challenges and uh and you know i've i've reviewed hundreds of business contracts and some of the stuff that i've looked at is absolute junk right see when buying businesses you've got to think okay there's a because my philosophy is right i would never ever sell a business unless you know i absolutely hated it right and there's a reason why people hate a business because it's a crap business or if it was life-changing money right so when you're buying a business, you got to think, why are they selling me this business for? What's what's the catch? Because if it was such a good business, wouldn't they just let it run and put someone else in there to run it for them? So have a good think about that and hopefully I can save you from buying a crappy business. So there we go, guys. That's bad debts in a nutshell, right? Now, bad debts don't need to be as bad, but if you can avoid bad debts as a rule of thumb for the rest of your life, you're going to find that you're going to have a lot, money, a lot more money left over in your pocket every week where you can actually start to invest that. So if we move on to good debts, right? So good debts are, uh, if we go back to the start, borrowing money to invest in things that go up. So first things first is the biggest one that I find is, is property, right? Now, if you borrow money to buy a property, whether it's an investment property or your own home, the likelihood is if you buy a good quality property in a good location and you can afford to hold that property for long enough, right, then that property is going to go up in value. The key to that sentence I just said there was holding the property long enough. Now, I own a mortgage business, right? So I'm talking to you know, clients day in, day out about their financial goals and their objectives. And that next, we always talk to clients when they're going into property, we, always, we don't care you know, what bank we put them through, right? All the banks, you know, they're they're all the same. But one of the main questions I ask clients when they're looking to buy a property is I'm like, how long can you afford to own this property for? And they always look at me a little bit funny, but it's the key question because it's very unlikely you're going to make money out of property unless you can afford to hold this property for at least five to 10 years. So the easiest way to think of it is, am I about to borrow money for something that's going to go up in value? And when you're talking about a property, a good quality share portfolio or a good business, the likelihood is, yes, if you can afford to hold this property for a long period of time, it's very likely that this investment is going to go up in value. So that's a great idea to go into debt, right? So when you before you go into debt, the main thing is you need to look at a, the amount of money you're borrowing, right? That's very important. But also B, can the cost of that debt, right? So at, at in my business, Next Lending, one of the big things that we do when we first sit down with the client, right, is we say, okay, well, before we even look at how much you can borrow, 
the first thing we do is we look at how much you can afford every week because we want to make sure that the repayment for this debt is affordable through the good and the bad times because we know that the way that you create wealth is by holding assets over the long term. Now, property, shares, business week, I can throw them in the one bucket, right, for the sake of this argument in terms of what to what to invest in. But the reality is, no matter what vehicle it is, the longer you're in the game, the more money you make. And the only way to stay in the game is to afford the repayments. So, when you're looking to borrow, the simplest thing is knowing you can afford it, right? So if you're thinking about going into debt to buy a home, an investment property, uh, invest in shares or manage funds or invest in your business, what I want you to do is pretend like you've already done it, right? So I want you to go and speak to a, a professional, a broker, like, you know, maybe someone like, you know, We'd love you to talk to at us at Next Lending. You know, if you, if you needed to, it's 0295241072. Quick plug, but let's push on. So the first thing you can do is, the question is not how much can I borrow, it's how much can I afford every week in even through a crappy week. So I want you to get out your pen and paper and work out all your income, all your expenses, and then I want you to jam that debt repayment in there, right? So if you earn 2000 a week and you're thinking about borrowing and the repayment's going to be 600 a week, I want you to make sure you can afford that and then I want you to start paying 600 a week as if you've already got that debt, right? Because that's what's going to what you're going to find is if you can do that for 2 to 3 months comfortably, right? Then you're a good candidate to go into debt, right? So that sort of that sort of should give you the information you need before you go and make an investment decision and borrow money to invest because you definitely need to do it, right? So I don't want to talk you out of it because it must be done, but it must be done safely. All right, time for this week's Money Mailbag, brought to you by PipeSmart Plumbing. If you're in Sydney and you're looking for a plumber, give the team from PipeSmart a call on 0424157546. Ask for Mark. He's the owner. I've known Mark for a long time. They're a very reliable plumbing business, and they just know how to get the job done fast. So this week's Money Mailbag, brought to you by PipeSmart Plumbing. Let's jump into it. So the message has come through from the mailbox is on 37. I'm married with two kids. We have a home worth 900000 and we owe 650000 We were wondering what to do next. I earn 111000 and my wife earns 60000 We have 120000 super, no other debts or no other investments. All right, well, it's a good question. This is sort of uh, a typical situation I sort of find a lot of my listeners and clients would get themselves into, you know, in their sort of mid-30s, mid-40s, what have you, right, where they get to that point where they've got a home, they're chipping away at the mortgage, but it sort of feels like it's a bit of a slog at the moment. They're not really getting ahead. So if we look at this, and I'll have to make some assumptions, right? So what have we got here? 111000 and 60000 So they're probably going to be taking home around about 2200 a week, right? If I look at that, I'd be sort of going, first things first, right, is I'd be thinking, okay, how am I going to get rid of this $650,000 mortgage in the next 10 years? That'd be a great goal for this for this couple, right? So I'd be saying if they're looking at um, a take-home pay of $2,200, a loan of $650, their minimum mortgage repayment is probably about $670 a week, which is about 30% of the income, and that's at the range where I like it. What we need to do here is at that level, though, they're going to just be slogging it out. So something needs to change, right? So I would say if 
they can install a cash flow system, right? They need to work out for this couple, 2200 take home a week is pretty good, right? And I would say with the mortgage of 670, I would try to get them to really ramp that up, right? So if they were to pay an extra $150 a week off that mortgage, that would mean that in five years' time, that mortgage is going to be down to about 500000 And the property is going to be worth around about $1.2 million by then, right? So that's, a, that's an excellent spot to be in. Now, what I would potentially look to do is, and obviously speak to the right professionals before doing so, but that's when I'd be looking at, you know, talking to these guys about using the equity in their property to make an investment, right? So I'd be saying, okay, you're in a good position, but... Having one home is not going to help you retire, you know, wealthy. You need to start, you need to get your skates on and do something else to make sure that you've got not only your home paid off, but you've got enough money to live an amazing lifestyle, right? So what I'd be doing here is I'd be saying, let's get a bit more of your debt paid off. Over the next three, four years, let's just start putting a bit more away on your mortgage, right? $150, $200 a week. Then I'd be saying, let's then use the equity in your home to go and buy another property, say worth between six to 700,000. Now, by then you're going to be 42, you're going to be 42 years old, place worth 1.2, debt of 500. You go and buy a property for 700,000. If we fast forward to 52, that $700,000 property is going to be worth about 1.2. Your home is going to be worth about 1.7 and you'll owe about 300 on your home and about 700 on the investment, right? So you sell the investment, you've got 500 grand, you pay off your mortgage, you're debt free at 50. And then what we've got to do is we've got super working in the background and then we've just got to repeat the process. You've got a debt-free home. There's no reason why at that point you couldn't go and buy one or two more properties that are going to help boost your super. So I think this couple, they're in a great position. The other thing I'd probably look at is maybe just setting up something for the children. They mentioned they've got two kids there. So if they were to just put in $100 a month into like a bond account for their kids, an investment bond, that would work out to be about fifteen grand for the kids, you know, in the next... 10 years so great question and that's very typical so just one of the things i'd love to my listeners to to remember is it's not a race right what we're trying to do is get rich slowly and safely all right i want to make sure that we enjoy the ride and we're not doing anything that's going to make us go backwards so in this example i want to make sure that these people are comfortable and do you see what i've done there if we paying an extra 150 to 200 dollars off our mortgage every week for the next couple of years when they finally decide to pull the trigger and buy an investment property, the cost of that investment property is only going to be about $150 to $200 a week, right? And they've been doing that. By then, they would have been doing that for like three years. So they'll do it easy. So it's all, that's, that's, that gives me that peace of mind to know that, you know, that would be a good decision for these guys to make. So that's this week's mailbag brought to you by Pipe Smart Plumbing. Don't forget to call Mark on 0424-157-546 for any plumbing needs you would have, big or small. Guys, that is a wrap for this week's podcast. Thanks so much for hanging out with me this week. I hope you enjoyed finding out information about good debts versus bad debts. And I hope you've taken away from this that from now on, we need to think about never, ever, ever going into debt for something that's going to go down in value, right? And before we're going to invest in any debt, we need to make sure that we can afford it. They're the two biggest takeouts I want you to take away from this podcast today. And if we do that, I guarantee you it's only a matter of time before you start to get the wheels in motion towards building that amazing lifestyle and becoming really wealthy. So guys, that's a wrap for this week. I hope you really enjoyed this podcast. Do us a favor. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button and uh, feel free to leave a review if this has been helpful. And um, if there's anyone else in, the, in your life that you think would benefit from listening to this podcast, just 
do, do them a favour, share it on, copy the link, share it on to them, and hopefully they benefit from having a listen. And uh, guys, I'll be back in the next few days. Stay safe and take care.